0: So based on the first official day of the NFL scouting combine it doesn't seem exactly like the Cowboys are fully sold on Massey Smith and in a way they might have suggested that they are considering adding an early defensive tackle ladies and gentlemen let's get to it here we go What is up, everyone, and welcome into ATZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out sportscom uh, slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show Welcome, everyone, on a Wednesday night. It is a great night to talk some Cowboys football and discuss the latest out of Indianapolis, out of the NFL scouting combine, because, man, today's events really tie into what we were talking about last night regarding Masi Smith. Sure, Stephen Jones went out there with reporters and told them everything's fine with Massey. There's nothing to worry about. We've got ourselves a nose tackle and we've got a, a plan for him, right? That was the message from from uh, Stephen Jones. However, actions will always speak louder than words. And in the NFL scouting combine, uh, today was a day when Defensive tackles and linebackers talk to media and talk to some of the teams. Of course, they can still do so if they didn't uh, today. That is a case of a particular linebacker, uh, the Notre Dame guy. Um, forgetting his name right now. But, you know, if they didn't get a formal interview today, they can still get it later. Even if we're going to be talking about other players as well uh, when they take to the podiums uh, tomorrow and uh, days after that. However, it stood out that knowing that the Cowboys have big needs at linebacker, that they have big needs at defensive tackles, uh, it stood out that the Cowboys talked to many, many defensive tackles. Specifically, I'm talking about the formal interviews, because we could get into the informal interviews, uh, but, you know, those can be very, very brief. I mean, formal interviews are brief, Uh, But informal can be like very irrelevant. So they can be sometimes misleading. uh, But I do think there's something to note there regarding the volume of these informal interviews. Like the Cowboys met with a lot of these defensive tackles. That being said, let's focus on the formal interviews. In case you are not aware how it works in the NFL scouting combine nowadays is each team is allowed 45, 45 formal interviews with players in Indianapolis during the NFL scouting combine. Now these 45 meetings have to be 18 minutes long each. So you don't talk with a player for more than 20 minutes, It's 18 minutes, boom, they're gone. And that is, you know, regulated because these guys are talking with potentially 32 NFL teams. And of course uh, they don't want them to be exhausted and they're taking care of the players. That's why they're regulated like that. well, If out of 45 meetings, you're using five in defensive tackles, that should tell you something, right? That absolutely should tell you something. For contrast, the Cowboys are speaking with three linebackers so far, and they're going to add a fourth to the list, as I said, according to multiple reports. By the way, this is all via Nick Harris from DallasCowboys.com who did a fantastic job really covering uh, who was meeting with the Cowboys in a formal setting? Uh, but let's dive. Let's dig a little bit deeper here with what we're talking about. Out of those five defensive tackles, you've got at least three big guys. If you, if not, you know, four. I would actually consider four four big guys in this list. You've got Tavondre Sweat, and I'm going to add here to the conversation the consensus board ranking of these players. Because we're not talking about, you know, day three type guys necessarily. You've got Tevondre Sweat, who is 41st in the consensus board. And a lot of people see him as a top nose tackle of this year's NFL draft class, which means he could very well go in the first round. Then you've also got, uh, talking about the big guys here still, You've got McKinley uh, McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M, 331 pounds, 88th on the board. Mason Smith from LSU, he's 83rd on the board and weighs in at 315 pounds. So let me just add this to the conversation. The Cowboys met with two out of the three heaviest defensive tackles in this year's class and three of the eight heaviest. So they're clearly interested in big guys one year removed from drafting Massey Smith in the first round. Now, that is quite the dilemma that the Cowboys are facing because they're balancing a little bit of, we just drafted a guy in the first round, but we still have a need and we still don't know really who Massey Smith is, let alone who Massey Smith is at a different weight, right? Because that's part of the big problem with Massey. You're making conclusions out of his 2023 season, but you haven't seen him in his weight, in his real game time weight that he had in Michigan when size was a big part of his strengths. But then additionally, it's not as easy as being like, oh, he'll eat peanut butter sandwiches and be back And ready to go and he's going to be a pro bowler type player. No, you're guessing at that point, right? Because you didn't really see a full body of work from him to make significant conclusions and get significant takeaways out of it. Uh, So it's not easy. It's not an easy conversation. Uh, Before I get to the comments here very quickly, I'll say this though. Uh, They're meeting with Rook Orohoro from Clemson, who is more of a three tech. Uh, So You know, that's a little bit different right there. He's 288 pounds, and these are not the combined measurements. Uh, We're going to get those soon, but he's listed at 288 pounds in the board that I use over at ADZ Sports. Chris Jenkins, 307 pounds, so not really as big as Tevondre Sweat, who is 346, or McKinley Jackson, who is 331 from Texas A&M, but uh, definitely a guy that can play two gap type defense and actually has done so with Michigan talking about Chris Jenkins here. He ranked sixth in Bruce Feldman's famous freak list. So you're talking about, you know, heavy dudes and nose tackle type dudes. that The Cowboys are meeting with and again, day two or day one guys. So uh interesting to note, does it reveal what the Cowboys are going to draft? Of course not. You shouldn't be taking these reports as, ooh, the Cowboys are going to take these guys, whatever happens. It's really not about that, but it does give you an idea, right? If they meet with five defensive tackles and then they don't meet with more guys at any other position, you might start getting uh, certain ideas, right? Uh, We just learned about defensive tackles and linebackers today, though, so it's going to take some time to really figure out, Uh, And defense events. We also learned about some defense events. Uh, But it's going to take some time to really figure out what the Cowboys are planning. But today was very interesting because they do seem open to the idea of taking one of these top-nose tackle guys. I wouldn't mind it. I'm going to be honest with you. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine who is really against the idea. And I understand why. Like, it's frustrating for you to invest a first-round pick in a nose tackle and then still have the necessity to do it later. But, man, the draft is about taking the best guy available. And if at 24th or 56th or whichever other pick, the best guy is, let's say, Tavondre Sweat or any other of these guys, then you grab him, right? And I'll say this, I think the Cowboys are slightly better at that than people give them credit for. Shout out to Jeff Cavanaugh. He had a two-minute clip today on his YouTube channel with a hilarious title, right? Where he was basically saying, don't draft horny. And his point was, you know, don't draft out of necessity in the NFL draft and don't get there in April looking for an offensive tackle no matter what, right? Because that way you're going to be reaching for players. You're not going to be grabbing the best guy on the board, and I do think the Cowboys are good at that. And I'll tell you exactly why. Shout out to Benjamin Robinson from Grinding the Mocks. You remember, if you've been watching this show for over a year now, you remember that interview with Benjamin Robinson. Grinding the Mocks is a website that uses data to predict the NFL draft. And they pull data from every mock draft, basically. And it's thousands and thousands of, you know, data points into the algorithm and it's got a cool theory behind it. Uh, I'm going to try to get him back on the show this offseason um, to talk about the Cowboys draft in 2024. However, one of the key insights that he gave us when he was on primetime last year was this. Out of the last three years, so I'm not, not including 2023, so the three years behind, before 2023, And obviously, 2024 was similar, but I'm not entirely sure uh, how similar it was. But here's the point. The Cowboys drafted in the first round the the fifth most mocked position to them. So last year, just about everyone's mock draft had the Cowboys taking a tight end. Whether it was Michael Mayer or whether it was Dalton Kincaid, people had a tight end going to Dallas 24th overall last year. They didn't. Right. And for the last few years, it's been a little bit of that of the Cowboys taking a different route than what people expect them to do. Uh, So I thought that was a very interesting data point. And I do think it speaks volumes about the Cowboys, maybe not forcing a need. And at least there's something that that we could we could really compliment them for. Uh, I know we've been complaining about the Cowboys a whole lot this offseason for totally fair reasons. But one of the the things that they do the right way is taking the best player uh, available. With that being said, with that being said, it sure sounds like the Cowboys are going to be open to the idea, and they're not going to be totally against grabbing a nose tackle if the board falls that way. Uh, Let me read some of your comments. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Let me know, would you like or dislike the pick? Let me know in the chat if they do go with a nose tackle in either of the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Let me know in the chat. I'm interested in hearing uh, what you guys have to say. Or Let's include the round, the third round as well. Uh, Bruce says, smash that like button or be coerced to come up with empty when horny drafting. (laughs) Versus, there you go. Mark Aaron says no idea why they are so enamored with uh taking a tight end. Man, man, the maker pick. Now that one has me scared straight with the cowboys taking another tight end on this one. Uh Isidro says Seamer should devote a little extra time with Massey. I am praying for a bounce back season. And I agree. Uh, you know, this is this is one of those players that you want to get your hands on during the offseason. Uh, in a big, big way, Cam says I like Chilo as defensive back too. Oh man, Chilo is that the the Colorado guy? Man, Chilo Sanders. I wasn't even sure he was. Um, he was ready to to declare. I might be. I might be thinking about a, a different Chilo, but let me know in the chat here. Uh, I might be totally wrong, of course. Chilo, Chilo uh Sanders, man, I wouldn't mind either. No, he will he will enter the 2025 NFL draft. So Cam is definitely talking about someone else. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I just saw Chilo and saw defensive back and got excited. Uh, but anyways, Simmer, yeah, Masi, I agree. It's just Uriel says so I like the pick interior. I like the pick interior defensive line, take at least three years to develop. Come on now. So, hey, that's true. You can load up. You can load up on some of these guys, of course. Uh, let's see here. Scott Robinson says, I'm not worried about their first round pick as much as their second round pick. They definitely have more misses on their second round picks compared to their first. Oh, absolutely. To the point that I'm not sure I'm worried. I've just I'm just giving up on the second round pick. <laughs> Man, the second round has been so weird for Dallas, all kidding aside. And they have gotten some hits, like Trayvon Diggs, for example. But for the most part, they kind of get a little bit wild in the second round. Like all of the risk-taking that they don't take in free agency, for some reason, they take in round two, right? Jalen Smith, Randy Gregory, those sorts of risks. And yeah, for the most part, it has not paid off for Dallas. Uh, we'll see what they do in round two. And the thing is, uh, the thing is, you... I, I believe, and I might I don't have the data on this, but just anecdotally, like a good draft can be a great draft as long as you nail the second round pick. Because if you nailed your second round pick, that means you had a starter. Like you grabbed a starter, and man, you you grab a year one starter in the first round, and that's that's usually a great payoff, right? I know there's more to it. I know there's upside to it, right? And sometimes a pick is nothing but an upside-type pick, and some late-round picks can also be plug-and-play where there's no upside, but the floor is pretty high. So there's a lot of variables on it, but usually if you nailed your second-round pick and let's say you get a like a proper player out of the first, you should be in the clear, right, Like for the most part. Um, So I think that's why the second round is so important. And it sucks that the Cowboys have not been hitting on it uh, necessarily. So, yeah, man, Cowboys visiting with a lot of these defensive tackles over in Indianapolis. Let's see what that means for their offseason a little bit later on. And let's see what that means for Massey Smith as well, where he's going to enter a second year in the NFL where... Assuming they take somebody, right? Assuming they take somebody in the first three rounds of the NFL draft, Massey does not have the backup role guaranteed. Are we in agreement with that? Everything can happen in training camp. But right now, if you were to put together a depth chart of the Dallas Cowboys for the 2024 NFL season, assuming you bring back Jonathan Hankins, which I believe will happen. The Cowboys are interested. Hankins is interested and he is not expensive to bring back. Hankins is still number one, right, until proven otherwise. If the Cowboys draft, let's say, Tevondre Sweat or let's say, Massey Smith or McKinley Jackson, Massey does not have number two guaranteed on that depth chart. He's got to, he's absolutely got to fight for it in the offseason. Because again, we and the Cowboys don't know much about Massey because he didn't play great. And also you had him drop weight and you're likely going to have him gain it back on in 2024. So you're playing like a, this weird game where she, he, he, he didn't show you a lot but you also played him at a different position than you're going to be playing him in 2024. They messed it up. They There's no other way around it. They messed it up. They messed up the Mouses mid situation. And whether you want to say it's Dan Quinn or you want to say it's the front office or it's ultimately, it's a significant personnel decision that I would like to assume was You know, there was a lot of input into that decision. I don't think Dan Quinn went rogue and was like, we're not going to tell anybody, Mossy. You're going on a diet. I don't think that's what happened. It, It was a global decision. Of course, the salesman had to be Dan Quinn. The salesman had to be Dan Quinn, right? He had to convince Dallas that, hey, this is the way to go. And it was a massive mistake. Anyways, let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Catherine says, Moe Smith did not show crap last season. And the question that the Cowboys have to answer is, are you going to show us something with those pounds back on now that we're going to give you the best diet in the entire world? I've, ta- I've talked about it, man. I think Smith is going to be the happiest man on earth this offseason in terms of his diet. Uh, David Lawrence says Cowboys need to stop experimenting they ruined Gallimore by putting on a lot a ton of weight they ruined Massey by making him lose a ton of weight like if you like a player right like if you like the player sure he's gonna have to add some weight for the NFL and all that but just 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 let him do his thing right and on a very different way You could also talk about Tyler Smith being, you know, snip-snap moving back and forth from left tackle to left guard as a rookie and then having him be the left guard. At least they didn't move him in 2023. That's a win. Uh, But, you know, speaking about moving forward, I would be okay if they just lip him at left guard. The Cowboys need a left tackle? Hell yeah, they do. But, man, I'm past the whole acting like... These players don't need muscle memory or something when muscle memory is huge in football, man. Players talk about being able to play without thinking and all that. Just just let a player get accustomed to doing something, man. Cause that's another thing. Moss is gonna play different brand of football with with the weight added onto him. So that in itself is gonna be different when he's out there on the field. How many times was Moss's mid lined up at three technique? We, we keep thinking about Moss Smith as this uh, nose tackle, right? That was going to be head up on the center pretty much every play. That it was going to be two-gapping, that was going to be doing all this. But there were a lot of plays where Moss Smith was lined up more to the B gap than to the A gap. And let, me see, let, let me see if I can find some numbers on this. Uh, it's going to be tough gonna be tough hell man so per pro football focus right very quickly i'm gonna say this per pro football focus snaps yikes yikes Moss smith had 307 defensive line snaps all right out of those 307 defensive line uh, uh, snaps he had 17 at nose tackle he had 18 at right nose tackle and he had um, another, th- uh, what did I say? Sorry, man. Uh, 17, 18, and 13. Accounting for basically head up on a center and one technique to each side. 48 out of those 307. 15% of his defensive line snaps. Man, that is somebody that was not played the way we thought he was going to be played, right? He had 48. Yeah, man, we, we nailed it. 48 uh, snaps over the A gaps and 220 over the B gaps. Damn it. <laughs> I was pissed and I got even more pissed. <laughs> Just looking at the numbers and, and confirming our priors. God Damn. Hit the like button for me just for being able to operate the calculator while streaming. <laughs> man. Ah. See what you made me do? See what you made me do? Uh, he's going to be playing a different position in 2024. Because Mike Zimmer is not going to take over the Cowboys defense and be like, hell yeah, my three technique. No, nah, man. No. Nah. Mike Zimmer is going to want him to be that gap eating monster that he was supposed to be that guy that you better be ready. If you are a center, you're going to be dealing with 58 all game long. Like I'm not saying it's going to work out. I'm saying that was supposed to be the vision, right? Because if I'm hitting you with that guy, man, and I'm occupying some blockers, that means Micah is being one-on-one. D uh, is being one-on-one. You're going to get all of those chances everywhere around you man and you know sure he's got to develop some pass rushing moves even from that size even from that position but that doesn't mean dropping weight and playing three technique for for the entire season man but I do wonder man who was playing over the eight gaps then the Cowboys did not care about the A gaps a whole lot in 2023 let's see Jonathan Hankins just for contrast man because I'm curious now 145 A gap snaps and, of course, you know, B-gap snaps because you're going to be moving around as a, as a tackle. But, man. Anyways, let's read some of your comments here. Um, knowing Jerry and his family wouldn't take sweat, though, says Cam, they're too chip. Gregory says, Mo, the war is won in the trenches. Absolutely, it is. And now that you're getting a coach that is not going to be middle of the field closed all the time, that is not going to be... One high all the time, you're, you're gotta be ready to stop the run with two high safeties. And that means being able to stop the run with a non loaded box, right? You gotta be able to defend the run even from a six man box. And that is, that is tough to do if there's not somebody eating space and, you know, having the linebackers work freely, right? You gotta, You got to have multiple big dudes, right? You got to be able to get on a tight front where the defensive tackles are pretty much, you know, or or the defensive ends are pretty much head up on the tackles and they're getting ready to do all this sort of wild stuff to play one gap and a half and all that. Um, But anyways, Dominic, shout out to you, sir. He says, Mo, you're right on it. Appreciate you, sir. Let's see what happens, man. Moving forward, but sure. Expect the Cowboys to be in the lookout for some of those uh of these defensive tackles. And I'm not sure it means giving up on Massey, but it means being open to potentially giving up on Massey, maybe, right? Difficult situation, but yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we do have one more thing to get to on tonight's episode of ADZ Sports Dallas primetime, and that is the rookie report cards. Not rookie report cards, sorry. The NFLPA report cards. I don't know why I called it uh, rookie report cards. Uh, But anyways, for those of you who are unaware, the NFLPA, which is the Players Union, basically, they gather feedback from over 1,700 players. They make a survey, make necessary questions, and they get feedback of how Their experience is going with each of the 32 NFL teams, right? Uh, So, if you're a Cowboys player, you answer a questionnaire about the Dallas Cowboys. And this is broken up into several things, uh, ranging from ownership and head coach to treatment of families. How is the food in the cafeteria? How is the locker room? How is the training room? They get into all of these details and they get a grade. And then, besides the grade, they ranked them, it's got to be something like a bell curve because they ranked them from one to 32nd in the NFL. Now, before we get to the Cowboys stuff, let me tell you something very, very weird. The Kansas City Chiefs ranked 32nd in ownership. How the hell do you go 32nd in ownership after winning back to back Lombardi trophies? What? How does that even work? I'll tell you how it works. And I'll tell you two takeaways. One is a funny one. It is a funny one. And two, it's a sad one for us, Cowboys fans. Number one, there are reports, not reports, like, I mean, this is known among the Chiefs fan base. 2023, something huge happened in the Chiefs locker room. A development that players asked for after the 2022 season. And the Chiefs said, you know what? Yeah, we're going to spend on you. We're going we're gonna to invest on this team because you guys were the champions. And in 2023, massive development. The Chiefs get chairs with a back on them so they can lean back. And, you know, that they get actual chairs in the locker room. That's that's how you get a thirty second, that's how you get a thirty second grade in ownership. That was a W for the Chiefs facilities in twenty twenty three. Right, they didn't have chairs with backs on them before twenty twenty three. They gave it to them, and that was supposed to be the win that would have them rank very high as an ownership in in twenty twenty four. That being said, though, and all kidding aside, the the bad part of it is that Cowboys Nation usually says, man, if we had different ownership, then the Cowboys would go beyond in the postseason. And that is true. But also, their ownership is not in charge of the football operations, right? So the Chiefs owners can suck, but they're not GMs. Stephen Jones is the GM. So, man, like the de facto GM, not the official GM, I know. But, man, it's just frustrating in that sense. Now, all that being said, let's move on to the Cowboys. Rated out pretty well, you know. Uh, Mike McCarthy got an A, ninth best in the NFL. Ownership got a B, because I think it circles back to the same thing, right? Ownership is more about... Yeah, the owner treatment. And we know Jerry Jones is good at that, right? Jerry Jones and company are good at that. So they had a a B as a great, which is not great, uh, but it's, it's good. 19th in the NFL was the ranking. Team travel, 22nd, you know, not great. Uh, turns out there are seven teams in the NFL that ask their players to have a roommate, or at least some of the players, to have a roommate during trips. And it turns out the Cowboys are one of those seven. Um, I'm not sure what to make of that because I'm not sure it's um it's a money thing or if it's more like a bonding team, right, a, a team morale thing where you're sharing a room with your guy. And, you know, uh, it, there might be something there that it doesn't mean that the Cowboys are chip in that aspect. Uh, strength coaches, they were 17th. Uh, locker room was second in the NFL. Nutritionist, 11th. Food was 11th. Treatment of families was 4th. The training staff. Holy smokes. Training staff was 30th in the NFL. And the training room was 26th in the NFL. And here's the actual quote from the report. Major issue in Dallas based on the responses is centered around the training room. The players feel like they are very understaffed in this department and it is difficult to get the necessary preparation and treatment to perform at their best. Only 62% of the players, so 6 out of 10, only 62% of the players feel like they get an adequate amount of one-on-one treatment time, which ranks 30th in the league. The other issue mentioned was that the players feel the training room lacks basic equipment, That you would expect to be standard in any other training facility. With otherwise strong marks across the board, it should be simple to hire additional trainers and physical therapists to ensure the players can get the necessary treatment to stay healthy and perform at the highest level. That is the NFLPA takeaway uh, that you can read on their website, which is crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, Among the other details that they shared was that, you know, in that breakdown, you could deduce. Four out of 10 players believe they don't get an adequate amount of one-on-one treatment and three out of 10 players believe the training staff or the training room is understaffed and they feel like they feel they cannot get treatment done, which is a problem when you're talking about a professional football team. Now I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share it with you. And particularly I thought the chiefs thing was also interesting where you're like, Owners can suck as long as they're not GMs and they can win Super Bowls. Of course, it helps to have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I know, but man, I did not expect the Chiefs to be dead last in ownership. So NFLPA, man, putting the NFL on blast with these reports. And the NFL, of course, came out with a statement basically uh, questioning or at least, you know, between the lines, they're questioning the NFL PA's Met Huts. And of course, right? Like Shocker. NFL PA puts NFL teams on blast. NFL comes out and says the NFL PA is doing something wrong. Somebody's gonna rank 32nd as as well as somebody's gonna rank first anyway. So I'm not sure how the NFL is gonna be ever happy about these reports. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what you guys have to say here in the chat. Clayton says the most valuable franchise on the planet should have been ranked in the top three in every category. Hey, man, Clayton Clayton has a point, of course. Listen, and even if it wasn't top three across the board, you cannot be understaffed for, for treatment, right? Gregory, shout out to you, Sir Braylon Allen and he's 69.5% yards after contact. Man, yeah, that's crazy. The Wisconsin running back. I was reading about that uh, the other day. I was looking over at Braylon Allen in preparation for a post that I did for ADZ Sports. And man, it's an insane statistic for Braylon Allen. Uh, absolutely insane. And you see you see it on tape. Braylon Allen is like, he's down. He, he runs downhill. I don't think you see him attack the edges a whole lot. But he's one of those... And I wrote about it on the article where it's, a, it's it's the right mix of like patience behind the line of scrimmage where he can give the play just enough time. And it's, you know, I, I love when running backs can do that because it's such a thin line. If you wait too long, you're getting tackled in the backfield. If you wait too little, the hole is not there for you to, you know blast a 10-yard run or something like that. So Breland Allen is great at that, uh, at threading that line where he is waiting just the right uh, amount of time before he explodes through the hole in the running game. And he also can do like that little one-cut type play where he just cuts, uh, whether it's a defensive lineman or, or a crashing linebacker and gets to the second level and just... You know, sometimes that's the contact. It's, it isn't even that he's forcing a missed tackle in an epic movie-like way. It's that he's dealing with the traffic and then blasting through it. And it's it's a fun player to watch. I would love Raylan Allen somewhere in the third round. I uh, wouldn't necessarily mind it in the second round. uh, But in the third round, I would love it. Absolutely, man. Uh, running back is going to be a fun position to see how it takes out. Because you can be all over the place with who is your favorite running back. Because there are there are many of them for day two. And they have similarities and differences that it's going to come down to just who's your favorite and who fits the best uh, with your scheme. But I would like Raylan Allen because I do feel he's a little bit of like, you know, his physical. I, I would like that type of physical running uh, on the Cowboys for the 2024 season for sure. Uh, let's see here no no mark i did not uh he asked if i got another haircut not yet man no 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 get one about every month and a half two months really i didn't want to make that one month and oh snap i gotta find a new barber shop by the way we'll see how that um plays out anyways i won't bore you with those details uh mark aaron says watch Marshawn lloyd he's a bad dude from usc i have not watched Lloyd's tape uh, in detail yet, but he's definitely fun from what I've seen. Uh, Cowboys are going to have options. Cowboys are going to have options in in round number three. Uh, Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I think round three is the optimal spot to pick your running back. The problem is you're picking late in in round three, and, and that might be an issue. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, wrong button. Sorry about that. That will be it for me tonight here on the show tomorrow night we've got a guest on and it's somebody that went behind the scenes in the analytics world of the Dallas Cowboys he interviewed people behind the scenes that have worked with the Cowboys analytics department wrote a series about it on blogging the boys we're gonna have David Howman join the show tomorrow night so make sure you tune in we're gonna be live at 8 p.m central and take care Hope you have a fantastic Wednesday night and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.